This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. So check out The Rope Trainer today. That's theropetrainer.com. I always have to thank Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, and John Smoltz for trusting my platform to get their message out to all the great people involved in this wonderful game. Uh, again, it means a lot to me that they would uh, consider my show worthy of uh, their message. And again, they do a tremendous job. We will hear from Kurt McNabb with his rope report as we do each and every week. And I look forward to hearing what he has to say. Um, guys, I had a great, great show last week. I knew it would spur lots of conversation. I love the back and forth with people about wood versus metal. It's such a great, uh, great thing. Oddly enough, I have to tell all of you that, um, I, again, I, if you follow the show, you know I've been done coaching for a couple of years and was asked to coach the high school team in the fall. Um, basically played a doubleheader Sunday against an organization that I think a lot of, and they require their high school kids to use wood bats, no matter the situation. Uh, we played them. I mean, we have, you know, our kids, a lot of them don't even have them, and we swung aluminum and they swung wood, and I'm here to tell you, there's a difference. <clears throat> we won one game, lost the other one. Um, you know, we lost by one, and I think we won by one. Um, close games, were, was the wood bat the difference? Um, well, what I would say is, a hey, pitching is always key. Um, we probably had a few hits that were shanked off the bat that may have been, as they like to call them, dead soldiers when it comes to wooden bats. Um, uh, you know, again, I, I can't say for sure, but I watched it with my own eyes, and the feel was it makes a difference. I don't care what anybody says. It makes a difference. So just interesting that, that, that it happened that way. I'm glad a lot of people um, enjoyed it. Uh, it did seem to me that a whole lot of people have a passionate, and it surprises me, a passionate feel for the stance they take on this. Um, and I, I'm going to have a guest today. I'm going to ask him his thoughts and see what he has to say, although he's a pitcher, so what the heck does he know? <laughs> but um, we're going to talk about it because, like I said, I – to be quite honest with you, I, I always thought it was kind of a, an, an odd question because I think back in the day it was a no-brainer. It was an absolute no-brainer. But the way they've changed the, the metal bats once you get to high school and beyond and the fact that wood bats are better than they've ever been if you want to spend the money, I think it closes the gap, but there's just certain parts of it that will never change. They will never change. A ball fisted off of an aluminum bat or a ball hit off the end of the bat with an aluminum bat, you can't replicate with wood. Actually, it's the other way around. What happens when you get a ball on the handle with a wood bat or you hit a ball off the end of the bat with wood can't be replicated with aluminum. You know, it just won't break or shatter and give. It, it actually... You know, happens. So anyway, pretty interesting stuff. And like I said, you know, uh, it, it, we're you know, I'm always here to debate that topic. So let it fly. Um, to this week, though, what I want to talk about, um, you guys have had uh, a, a young man that I think a lot of who is interning for 
not really lineup media group. He's he, he's a big Cardinal fan. He's a sports fan in general, but he's been working with me on the Two Birds on a Bat show that I do with uh, former professional baseball player Benji Molina, brother to Yachty or Molina. You all know Yachty and, and Benji and Jose, the family, the whole story, just a great family involved in baseball. <clears throat> but um, this gentleman um, started out as just going to do some writing and interning. Next thing you know, he's on the show all the time. He's just a, a great guy. But I've gotten to know him. He's just a, I, I'm going to call him a kid because I'm going to age myself. But he is a kid. And um, he got to uh, one of our sponsors at Two Birds on a Bat, one of the one of the baseball organization in town that wanted to work with us was the Missouri Gators, and it's a it's one of the better you know one of the better organizations you're going to find. It's a it's a quality organization. They do things the right way. Um, I'm impressed with where they're headed with their with their club. Um, boy, they've grown really fast in a short amount of time, and they've been able to do it. And and really, to be quite frank, they've done it without making a whole lot of people borderline crazy or upset. Now you're never gonna it's never going to be perfect. Right. But I think that there's something to be said for how they're going about doing what they do. I think if you have quality people in positions that make big decisions, and then I think if you have quality people in places that have to actually deal with the people that really matter, and that's the kids, that's always going to put you one step ahead of people that don't take that seriously. Then if you have people that can handle, and let's be quite honest here, if that can handle the parents, I think you're really on to something. So it's always interesting when I when I see that. That being said, um, you know, they wanted to work with two birds on a bat. They liked our message. We liked their message. It was a it was a natural fit for all the baseball families in St. Louis. We were really excited about it. Um and they I hooked them up with Josh because they were looking for some people to do some stuff. Well, Josh wound up going to work for them as a as a coach. And he's going to coach some high school kids, and he's going to start this fall, and then he's going to coach next summer, and I know there's training involved. But, you know, um, as far as being a player, Josh is much closer removed from the game than I am. Now, I talk a lot about on the show, and we do, we all do, the difference between now and when we played now <laughs> at, that, at the youth level. So, I mean, let's be quite frank here. We're talking about 40 years, right? For Josh, it's not so much. I'm curious. You know, we give it the good old day speech, right? But I'm curious what somebody Josh's age would compare to what they're doing now. And now that he's, let's face it, he's knee deep in it. He's, he, and listen, let me tell you, I've seen him. He takes what he's doing really seriously. Like he's really, like he's very proud to be a member of the Gators. Like he, he reads and studies their mantra and what they're trying to do. And then he researches and says, you know, what's going on here? And he's really into like checking out kids, like what makes a kid better than another kid? And how is he ranked? And how is he all stuff that I see him do on his own, on his own accord. So I'm really curious to get his thoughts on the, how the game has changed just in the short amount of time from when he was young to now because again some of this stuff is ever evolving right and if you don't stay in tune with what's going on i think that's another way you can kind of get for lack of a better term you know you can kind of lose your way so it's not the left behind thing it's more the understanding thing right like i you know there's a certain faction of people that will always say well we didn't do that when i was a kid i don't think there's any need to do that well well, you're basically you know you're basically showing ignorance because all things evolve and all things change, right? Now, does that mean what these people are, you know, no matter who it is, I'm, I'm not saying this. I'm talking about who you follow. Does, it, does that mean that whoever you follow is without fail and is going to do everything perfect? No, it does not. Okay, as we always say, 
in the end, you have the responsibility to research what you're doing. But I am curious how this, and I'm going to call it the new age of baseball, compares to just a short time ago versus what I always see. So I'm going to welcome in Josh Potter, uh, friend, intern, and now coach with the Missouri Gators baseball. What's going on, buddy? What's going on? Yeah, it's, uh, it was a crazy first weekend. Well, and that, see, this coincides with your first weekend on the, and I know you've seen, met some of the kids, you've mm-hmm. done some training and yeah. stuff, but this was your first weekend on the field. Yep. And I got to tell you, um, when we said we were going to do this last week, I was curious how it was going to go for you. I've coached a lot. Um, I love it. I also know it's 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 not easy. It's tough. Um, you know, it's hard to separate your feelings versus knowing what you should do. Um, it's hard to do 15 things at once and anything in life. So I kind of was wondering how your first weekend was going to go. I was really encouraged. Like I was texting you and we were mm-hmm. talking like, how's it going? Yeah. I saw uh, some stuff from you, tweets. It sounds to me like you had a great weekend, minus, unfortunately, one of your players uh, yeah. watching one of your players get hurt, which is always tough to do, especially if their yeah. parents aren't there. That's a whole other ballgame um, that you deal with as a, as a coach of older kids or even younger kids. Sometimes parents have to share or whatever. Yep. But that, but these are all things that go into it. Um, you know, Real quick, before we go off on 100 tangents, how do you feel after your first weekend coaching? Well, up until, like you said, uh, up until the sixth inning of that last game, we played a four-game. It was just a showcase tournament where, you know, everybody's getting equal amount of reps on the field. We want to get them in the positions that that we feel like I'm really big on projectability now that I've done a few things with scouting, and I'm I'm projecting where these kids can play and where they want to play. And and the reason why they want to play, I mean, because if I put them in a position that they don't want to, then I, I, they're going to have a negative attitude about it or they're not going to, you know, be successful. I want them to have fun as well as, you know, get better as a, as a player. So it was difficult, but, you know, it, it and we ran, we run ruled a couple of teams and, but in the end, yeah, it was a phenomenal weekend. I learned a lot about those guys, a lot about coaching, a lot about, you know, this organization as a whole, to be honest, because that kid the kid that got hurt i mean he he dislocated severely dislocated his knee he had to get an ambulance his parents weren't there uh, uh the the dad that brought him and the other player the dad and his son you know brought the kid up you know he was like no i'm going to the hospital with him i'll stay with him his mom drove two hours to come up there and yeah it was i mean just an organization as a whole it's well knit and to find out later on that 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 kid, well, that was his first tournament as a Gator. I mean, it's just, I mean, just yeah. parents stepping up. Two moms helped us out on the field, too. I mean, you know, it was me and the other coaches' first weekend as a coach on the field with them. Um, the other guy had been around with uh, another organization. But, you know, it, so to see this happen very last inning of the last game, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it, we were speechless. I mean, it kind of ruined the end of it, uh, end of the tournament. And, you know, our, our speeches afterwards were short and quick just because we were at a, at a loss of words and yeah. just felt felt the pain. You know, um, you've got you know you've got a mix on your team of kids mm-hmm. that have played for that organization, kids that are new to the organization. You had some real glowing things to say about the talent of these kids. More importantly, not just on the field but off the intelligent le- level, how they're taught the game these days, um, the things they know versus the things you think they may not know. 
know, that's a testament to the gamers. I mean, obviously some of these kids have, you know, you know, the Gators, some of these kids have played for them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other organizations that do a nice job too. So they also have taught these kids. So as a whole, it feels to me like we're teaching better on as a whole. Now we can't say that across the board. Um, you know, I'll let you describe it in your own words, but it sounded to me like you were pretty darn impressed with the kids today. Absolutely. Yeah, they – I was telling you, you know, off air, I was like, hey, these guys just, like, problem-solved easily. Like, in their heads, they – before, all I had to say was, you know, hey, Charlie, come here real quick. Let's talk. Let's like, let's talk about, you know, what you did right, what you did wrong that inning, you know, kind of where we can – where we can improve basically in the, in the long run. And I didn't even have to say a word. And he came up to me. He's like, yeah, I probably should have, he, you know, back, tried to backdoor a guy at third base with two outs. We were down by, or we were up a run. So essentially he allowed the tying run to score. And he was, he was shaking his head. And I was like, Hey, if you know, then you know. And he was like, yeah, I don't know why I threw that baseball, but little things like that. It happened over the course of every single game all four games all weekend long they they problem solved very easily and very quickly like they knew their intelligent level their baseball iq you know they they just knew well what the heck do they need you for no i'm just kidding (laughs) that's what yeah i mean jake was there the first day and it was awesome because it was kind of like a warm-up game for me and the other coach to kind of get acclimated and see these guys again and actually see them in a competitive environment and he looked over at us after the first game he's like to be honest, I have a dinner, and I was going to leave halfway through the game. Do y'all need me? I was like, no, these guys warmed up. I mean, we all just kind of meshed so quickly, yeah. so fast, and it was it was, an aw- it was awesome. Yeah, I think that's it. that tells a lot about an organization, mm-hmm. too. They didn't just send you up there. They sent their guy to make sure that yep. you guys were doing what you needed to be doing, doing it the right way. Um, I like Jake a lot, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how well he's a quiet guy, him. but when he – Let me he, tell you, the, it, my – he is a quiet guy, but he commands respect when he talks. I mean, he's got eight years of professional baseball mm-hmm. in him. You know, he was a, a high, you know, he was a top in top ten round draft pick, and yep. was committed to Louisville as a catcher. And I mean, he knows the game. Catchers know the game; they just do. If they, you know, now, now don't that doesn't mean every catcher does. But on the whole, typically guys you find involved in baseball that are making decisions, they 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 probably have a pretty good head on their shoulders. So yes. Mm-hmm. Most of them make good. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about your weekend. I want you to compare mm-hmm. it. So while I'm doing my little intro here, I want you to, in your mind, because I've kind of thrown this on you today. Yeah. I didn't tell you. I like to do that. So I, know. I want you to compare what you saw this weekend and what you've been doing lately and what you know you're going to be doing over the winter with these guys to what you did. How old are you, Josh? 25. So you're 25, and you – when uh, was your last – how many years ago was uh, college for you? Thirteen spring of 2013, I was a sophomore in college, and that was my last season. So you're about five years removed. Yeah. So you had yeah. college, high school, all that before. Yep. So I want you to think about what you did at the at, at the prep level, and even maybe at the youth level, if you mm-hmm. want to think about that, versus what you know these guys are doing. We'll kind of compare and contrast yeah. a little bit. Sound good? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, YouthBaseballTalk.com is where you can find us. Uh, subscribe to the show there. It's free. Uh, a lot of you guys have been going to Amazon and doing your shopping through our website to help us keep the show on the air. It, it, it you know it basically takes care of Brian Crock and Andrew Allen, my wonderful producers. It doesn't cost you anything, and once you click on it, you're done with us. So we greatly appreciate it, and we hope for your continued support. Find us on social media at Podcast Baseball. If you're involved in baseball and you follow us, we're going to follow you back. We want to know what you're thinking. Same way with uh, Facebook. Type in Youth Baseball Talk. Like our Facebook page. Click invite your friends. Uh, we ask you to do that in an effort to get uh, people involved in our discussions. That's that's pretty much at the end of the day what we're trying to do is start a great discussion about 
this wonderful game, ways to fix it, ways it's great, best practices, things like that. So it really helps, and, and we do appreciate it. You can find us as part of lineupmedia.fm. They're the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. And, again, we're very fortunate to be part of such a wonderful network. Uh, they are now home to Yo! Radio, the Internet streaming platform that I think you guys will really enjoy. Go to the App Store on your mobile device. Download it. I know that you'll enjoy it. Um, it's, it's everything you think it will be, but I'm telling you, I know the things that are going on behind the scenes that you guys are really going to enjoy it. Get it now. It's free in the App Store. Download it. Enjoy it. And I'm telling you, just grow with it, and you will really enjoy it. I promise you. Um, again, you guys heard me mention at the top of the show uh, how much I enjoy uh, the rope report and the rope trainer. Uh, each week, we we highlight a different uh, a different at you know a different partner of ours. Happy to have them all a part of the uh, of the show. Um, this week, we're going to go with my friends Dirk Dombrowski and Phil from PrecisionImpact.ca. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about them. I know that you guys, uh, from the information that I get, you guys really like Dirk. Um, you like the you like what he brings. You know who wouldn't? Again, all we do with this show is try to bring guys that have things to say that we think may help. Um, and again, you know you can take everything and and get out of it what you want. But some of these guys on here, guys, this is what they do. And I know that it helps. But PrecisionImpact.ca brings you the tip every week. But remember, uh, when you need some of this uh, equipment that, you know, makes a difference in what you're doing, PrecisionImpact.ca is your company. Uh, Hitting is one of the core fundamentals of baseball. Getting in as much hitting practice as possible is always important. Uh, But you got to remember, you're going to show up sometimes. There are safety concerns, space concerns, okay? You don't always get to take batting practice. Now, I've been involved in the game a long time. You know, there are times that – you know, we're able to do that, and then there's times we're not. So, you know, it just matters how it works, right? So when you can't take BP or there's not a cage, okay, Precision Impact DCA, they have what you need. They've got slugs, squishies, flex balls, all great for practicing in the areas where baseballs would be unsafe to do so, okay? They've got those for you. They're on sale right now. They've got a markdown. You guys want to go in there and check it out. If you're looking for uh, stuff for arm care and throwing, they've got you covered. Plyo balls, weighted baseballs. Um, they got the mini rebounder, wrist weights, V-bands, everything you could need, all at precisionimpact.ca. Don't forget, when you check out, type in Youth Baseball Talk in the discount and coupon area, and you'll receive an additional 10% off. Let's see what they have for us this week. Thanks, Jim, and thanks, Youth Baseball Talk. My name is Dirk, and on today's Precision Impact Rundown, I'm going to talk about a pretty important factor in any athlete's training, and that's strength. You know, as fall ball is now nearly in full swing here in Canada, um, I'm starting to see a lot of different athletes and a lot of different ball players from a variety of different programs that have come to our program for the fall to train and to work and to practice. And the one consistency I'm seeing amongst them all is their strength or lack thereof. It's it's kind of interesting me to, uh, interesting to me to see um, the variety in strength, not age. You know, I'm seeing kids that are all 14. 15, 16, 17, 18. And, you know, when I'm putting them up beside each other, there's just a noticeable difference in size and strength. And you can tell some of the kids um, that have either played some physical sports in the past and have been introduced to weightlifting or strength training or any kind of uh, exercise. And then you look at some of the other athletes and you'll notice that, you know, there's just minimal to no development over the last couple of years. And strength is just so underrated. Um, I think it's when you get, when, when people get to college, it's probably one of the most underrated things that no one's really taken into account. You know, the biggest regret that college athletes typically have is that they should have started strength training sooner. 
you know, getting stronger is a game changer for performance and the ability to learn new skills quicker, especially at the college level when they're going to be trying to teach you and modify you a little bit, whether it be your swing or your pitching or footwork. When you're stronger, you can you can learn a lot faster. Your motor skills can adjust and adapt. You know, if you're 16 years old or younger, uh, getting stronger needs to be a huge priority. Huge. Um, if you're 17 to 21, you need to realize that you're way behind. If you're just realizing now that you know you haven't really put such an emphasis on strength, you are incredibly behind. You know, I've had friends of mine um, play Division One hockey, and, and the skill was there, but they had to redshirt their first year simply because the physicality wasn't. They didn't realize how big there were, how big some other athletes were coming from all over the country, uh, coming from all over the world. And so, you know, yeah, you might be one of the bigger kids on your team now, you know, being 15, 16, but you've got to realize that if you plan on making that leap to the next level, that you have to start sizing yourself up to the top 10 kids in the country, the top 10 kids in the world or the top 100, because that'll give you an idea of where you're at physically and strength wise. You know, it was it was something that I always enjoyed younger, just, you know, as a stress relief or just because um, I enjoyed the um, effects that it had on my baseball game. You know, I played other sports simply for the reason to get in better shape and to be stronger for baseball. And, you know, I see a lot of kids these days just having no clue or no desire to um, strength train or to get stronger. You know, they'd rather be in a cage for four or five hours hitting balls, fielding, which don't get me wrong, is great. You know, it's it's great for those motor skills and stuff like that. But the reality is, is that if you want to make that leap to the next level and you want to be successful at that level, strength is going to have to be a huge key, especially you know, if you happen to make that next level, you know, they're going to have huge expectations for you in their own weight room, in their own strength programs, in their own testing. And they're going to, they're going to have a bar set and they're going to make sure that you have to try and hit that bar where there's a lot of guys standing in behind you to uh, take your place. And, and I, I just, I'm seeing it too much, almost to the point where it's uncomfortable, where some kids, you know, whether, whether it's just maybe nutrition, you know, can be a bit of a factor. You can always, you always improve strength through nutrition a little bit. Um, but it's just, I think a lot of programs are getting kids to do an excessive amount of running aimlessly with no purpose. You know, and not trying to include strength training into each and every one of your practices. There's a lot of simple drills you can be doing, especially with our precision impact uh, products, whether it be the heavy slugs or our plyo bombs, our resistance bands, you know, our velo bands. Um, all there are just so many products we have that can actually add and at the very least get them on the right path towards getting stronger, and you can actually encompass these into practice. You know, you don't need to bring a set of dumbbells to the field or anything like that. Literally, if you just understood how to use some of those products a little bit better, or if you guys took a chance on these products or any weighted products for that matter, you're going to see a huge increase. I'm working with two nine-year-olds right now. Their parents um, saw the benefit of strength training and they're nine years old and we're doing some very simple calisthenics we're doing some very simple agility work we're doing some very simple stuff but it's going to yield huge results being this young Um, and we're doing a lot of heavy ball hitting we're just doing a lot of side to side lateral jumping we're doing a lot of changing direction trying to have them understand how to use their hips 
Um, all these types of things. At a young age like this, it's it's crazy to me that 16-year-old kids can't see the benefit, and yet I've got two nine-year-old kids and their parents understanding the value of getting stronger and moving faster. It's it kind of blows my mind a little bit. But if you know if if you, some of this resonates with you today, and you think maybe speed could be a bit of a, a factor, something you could improve on. If you think you could get a little stronger, I urge you to go out, reach out, talk to somebody professionally who knows what they're doing and can provide a little bit of guidance or provide a couple of tests to see where you are in terms of the bar and, and and hopefully you can get on that track towards being a bit stronger and I guarantee you'll have more success and have a better chance of getting to where you want to go. Thanks. Really good stuff. And again, I like to, uh, like I said, I like to shake it up and highlight one of these guys each and, you know, differently each week just to say thank you and get it at the beginning of the show because I know I know what goes on out there. Everybody gets busy, so I like to highlight it and and, and put it in the forefront of your mind. And, again, um, they've been good to us, and we appreciate it. And one more time, that's precisionimpact.ca. All right, back to the topic at hand this week, Josh, my man. So right off the bat, what i got to ask you is this. um, How does it differ? What's the main thing that you notice that's different now versus – so what do we figure? You're five years removed from college. That means what are you – eight to ten years removed from high school no eight to nine right mm-hmm. uh yeah ten would be at the most freshman so somewhere in that 15 to 10 year range what's changed the most in your opinion well and it and it's kind of interesting because when i played baseball at 14 15 i was playing recreational i i was more of a football and where player. at in, in new Melly, missouri okay. i was playing in that just a recreational you know just to play the game and I was more of a football player. I went into freshman year at Howell High and didn't make the baseball team, but I played football and we went 12 and 0 as a freshman team and high expectations. They ended up doing very well, but um, you know, I moved down to San Antonio and played JV, but and then varsity the next two years after that, and I ended up being a baseball player instead of a football player because of the Texas environment. But, sure. Um, you know, so the level of play between when I was 15 or even, you know, 13 to 14 at recreational and where I'm coaching now, it's, it's substantially better, like improved as far as the information that, that you're, you know, uh, provided with and, and the things that we know now with technology, with, you know, all these videos on, you know, YouTube. And I mean, I'm sure YouTube was around back then, but I wouldn't, I didn't think anything of it. So we have all these videos of professionals out there. We have slow motion and, and being able to tell point of contact when you're swinging a bat or, you know, the, the plane that you're, that your swing is on. I mean, all these little, little things. I mean, the most, uh, was it minuscule or whatever? <laughs> minuscule. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. So, you know, just the, point after point I mean it's just incredible and that's what you know we kind of focus on over there with the Gators and and P3 is involved too we're, we're working on bridging the gap between um, P3 and, and the Gators pitching instructors like myself and it's it's incredible work. well you you mentioned that you know so it sounds to me like you know you might fall into that late bloomer baseball mm-hmm. category yep. you developed a little bit later um, but you were an athlete you know, we talked a lot about that on the show a couple of weeks ago, you know, about not discouraging multi-sport athletes. I know I've talked to Joe Lopez, Chris Craddock. That is something the Missouri Gators do not do. They do not discourage multi-sport athletes. Yep. In fact, they encourage athleticism. I have seen some things that you guys are doing 
as an organization, um, you know, uh, athletic training, speed training, agility training, you guys are starting your academies. Yep. Um, now, so I want to talk about that. So, like, you guys um, have released your academy stuff. Yep. Now, that, um, to me, is always cool. I love that. Um, I, you know, and I got to say, and I'm going to be real honest here, to me, I would think that would be the biggest change in the years. Now, I think in your age, when I was watching it, to be honest, I think they had probably, I don't know, um, a few organizations that, that many years ago that were of that quality, right, mm-hmm. that were trying to do yeah. Now they're springing up all over the oh, place. Yeah. There's all kinds of different things going on. But the truth of the matter is what I what I see is the focus on the training has gotten so much better with what we what we do. But and that's you, where I should have kind of went with the whole how everything is being well no we were coming to that you know that's that's kind of where i was i and i'm in my head i'm like why didn't i say that but yeah yeah. so that's where it's going towards though is the training involved so ultimately the training has been vastly improved over the years because of what we can find now so yeah that that's basically the main the main point was was that well and here's the thing and this is kind of where i was going what like if you if you go to missourigators.com mm-hmm. you know and and you check out you know what's going on there well it's actually gatorsbaseballacademy.com now uh yep. okay well good see yep. see see it's it was good that you were here today yep gatorsbaseballacademy.com see we fixed it all right yep. beautiful so with the whole right. rebrand and everything like changing it over from missouri gators to now gators baseball academy their missouri and illinois locations and it's all under one roof Gators baseball cameo. Okay, yep. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, you know, you guys are going to be doing some, you know, they're, they're basically doing these academies. These academies focus on skills. You know, they have hit labs, um, catching academy, uh, infield academy. My son has attended the infield academies. Mm-hmm. He's a good infielder. And, you know, you guys have some tremendous instructors. I know that Jake DePew, who's a tremendous catcher, catching instructor, he's one of those guys. So, uh, you guys are going to do, I know you're doing some arm stuff. You guys are affiliated with P3. Um, mm-hmm. So let's go there for a minute. How impressed are you as a former pitcher with what these kids are getting today? It's incredible. I mean, and I was actually speaking to a parent and, like, the family. I mean, it was, it was the mom, dad, and, and the player. And they are like, is it worth it? And I said, you know, at 15 and under, yes. You, you're going to develop at a more quicker – at a quicker rate and you're finding all this information out now as opposed to later. You know, when you're already 17, 18, I mean, I think of, you know, recruiting for college and people are getting looked at earlier and earlier in the process. So the earlier you can get to the level of, uh, you know, just kind of growth, you know, the better. So I, I said they understand the flexibility, they understand the the physical you know kinesiology of your body and they make a plan for you it's it's just for just for that player it's nobody else's it's it's going to be different than everybody else's for the most part and then you know outside of workouts like workouts will probably be the same but how you you work out those certain ligaments and and muscles and whatnot so that's where it's it's all different then you add in like i don't I, i and i don't know for certain on the whole spin axis. I, I don't see them using that at 15U, but they use that absolutely at the senior, I would say the senior level pitcher in high school and above. 
and they work on spin axis, spin rates, how your arm is. Sure, it's, it's amazing. Tr- and I'm still learning. I'm every time they're like, "What are you doing up here?" I'm like, "I'm just a sponge today. I'm not here. I'm I'm here, but I'm just absor- uh, absorbing what you guys are well, relaying because right. I want to learn this." So I'm gonna stop you right there. That's what I'm talking about. See, that's what I mean. If you're gonna if you're gonna have an organization, I I actually talked to Joe Lopez mm-hmm. the other day about this, and we were talking about some of the things that differentiate organizations from others. And you know, I told him my opinion on it, and my opinion is this: if you really want to take this thing to another level, coach your coaches. And I wasn't saying it to him like he mm-hmm. wasn't doing it. Let me let me let me preface that. I was talking about in general across the board because let's face it, we have God knows how many organizations we have across this great country, across the world, whatever. You know, how many organizations do we have? And, and you know, then we got to define what's an organization because, you know, we got teams. I got, you know, I, I work in the Swivel League. We got 200 select teams. We got organizations, quote unquote, with three teams and 10 teams and two teams. And then you have a, a, you know, a group like, like the Missouri Gators and the St. Louis Gamers and the Prospects and the Pirates. And you got all these organizations which are truly run like organizations versus, you know, we got a few youth teams we're going to put under this umbrella and not train together and not do all this stuff. To me, an organization is somebody that says, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a plan together, and we're going to follow it from top to bottom. Now, that plan may be altered based on age, mm-hmm. skill level. That's fine. But we have a, a plan that we're going to put in place, and we're going to move forward. When I look at what they're doing over there, and this is why I was curious your thoughts because you were a former pitcher. You know, They've involved P3 in everything they do. I happen to know those guys. I think they're great. Josh is one of my friends. Brian DeLuna is one of my mm-hmm. friends, even though he's not around right now. He's with the Mariners. But what they've done is put a plan in place to help people achieve. Now, here's the thing, and this, and I'm going to say this. They put a plan in place to help a kid, young adult, whatever you want to call him, achieve progress for him or her, as the case may be. Oh, yeah. There's, okay. there's softball players sure. that go up there. and yeah. Sure. So my – where I'm going with this, though, is remember, not everybody is defined like on a piece of paper by a number. Everybody's different, okay? Now, the thing that you have to be accepting of is that your kid may not be this kid and da 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 and you can go across the board, okay? That's it. I, I, I mean, you cannot, you just can't look at this any other way than that. I, you have to look at your kid and say, this is what I'm going to do. Now, these quality organizations, they do that. Okay, they look at it and say, this is where we need help. And they got to be honest. I was going to ask you, you know, you mentioned earlier putting kids in, in positions of projectability. I've talked to numerous people in these organizations. The toughest conversations they have are with with explaining to kids why they don't project at a position they want to play. And the other hard conversation is sometimes either with the kid and the parents, sometimes involved, of why some of these schools you're talking about don't make any sense. Well, and this, and this is what I – have found and I break down for them. Like I told them, Hey, I'm five ten and back then I was I was still five ten, about hundred and eighty to hundred and ninety pounds. I'm not a projectable pitcher whatsoever. That's why I you know, and it's it's merely excuses and I don't mean to make excuses, but that's merely why I didn't succeed to the schools that, you know, are flashy and what whatnot. But this is what I'll say. Projectability is is simply where your physical traits 
will will likely succeed most. I mean, you look at a, a shortstop and you see six one, you know, a buck seventy at you know junior senior year of high school. That that's projectable. That's projectable on the mound as well. That same height. Now, if he's five ten, a buck sixty. I'm kind of looking towards second base, third base, if he's a little heavier, um, quick. You know, I mean, it's just stuff like that. But projectability in the end is is merely what you are projected to 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 look like in the end, but it doesn't mean it can't be done, okay? And that's what I wanted to get at with these players when I say, hey, I think you're a projectable second baseman. And they're like, well, why? And I tell them all these features and – they're like, okay, but I really want to play, you know, shortstop, and I'm like, and that's fine. That that is. Well, everybody wants to play shortstop and pitch. <laughs> yeah, you just caught me on a on a on an example there, but yeah, you <laughs> no, know I, know, I, mean? I like, know, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah no, you're I know. Right. Of course, it's an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's perfect. It's but, a perfect um, example. You know what I mean? So, it, just because I say you're not projectable doesn't mean it can't be done, and that you're not going to end up going on to be, you know, the, a, a great shortstop in the future, whether that's in college or in. in in the minors or whatever, however far you want to go. But that's where, yeah, it, it was. I will say this. Um, I, I think that would be tough as, as a coach in your situation. I think the hardest thing would be that, you know, it's always funny. We talk about when you're a coach and you don't have any relationship with these kids before you meet them. There's no preconceived. So, you know, you don't have that going. I always thought that would be interesting because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, listen, everything I do is going to be sheer based on merit, whatever you want to call it. But, but man, it doesn't take long to become attached to kids. It doesn't take long for you to uh, come up with an opinion of kids. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. If you think – if you're out there in this, this world – Hold on. Before you go, okay. because you said something there. Okay. And, and, and I, I think I <laughs> – it's funny that you said it about the whole opinionated, you know, you I, because like I said, that, that was my first weekend. I had only met them maybe two or three other times before that weekend and seeing them compete on the field. field. I have this catcher who's a, a solid little catcher. I, I, I don't think he's projectable there, but he, he's very good back there. And then he goes, hey, I, I want to pitch. And I was like, okay, yeah, I think I have you on the list as a pitcher. Okay, we'll, we'll, get, you, we'll get you a couple innings to showcase tournament. We want to get everybody reps where they – want to be and where they will succeed at. Um, so I say, yeah, go on up there. We'll get you at least an inning. Okay, well, this is the last game, at least an inning. He goes out there and, I mean, commands the zone, has a nice little uh, an above-average curveball at his age. And I'm in my head, I'm, I'm, I've chalked it up. He's a catcher, third baseman. He, he, he's solid at both of those positions. Pitcher, he's a little shorter for his age. But he gets up on that mound and he ended up going three and pitched like I think like through like 40 pitches, if that. Yeah. So, you know, where you were going with that opinion is in my mind, I thought uh, he's he's not a pitcher, but I'll let him go out there and, and, and see what he it's can do. It's amazing what they'll do sometimes. And they'll, it, they'll, it they was, impress us all sometimes. It was impressive. Well, and the thing is, if you think about it, I, you know, I look at it and say, how, how long would it take before I formed an opinion of a kid? It doesn't take long. First, that's why we talk about things like first impressions are important and work ethic and doing this kind of stuff. And if you're out there and you're under the notion that that stuff doesn't matter and you think it's hogwash, you're crazy. I was going to tell you that you're nuts, you know. So, again, I, I was just curious what you noticed, you know. Like I said, I mean, I don't know. Like, how about the level of play? Incredible. I mean, they 
the, you can just I don't know like watch it's so hard to describe because all I can say is they were, they impressed me and that they looked incredible on the field. I mean, and I can tell you, you know, what categories they did well in. I mean, we didn't see a whole lot of pitchers that threw strikes. So really pitcher recognition and plate discipline is what, what stood out to me the most as hitters. Pitchers, for the most part, they all commanded the zone very well. Um, some obviously more than others, but they still went out there and they competed. And they had fun. The whole, the whole entire weekend was fun. I mean, even though we got up and we kind of, you know, sat back and and got relaxed and let another team get in the game, but it was it's hard. Yeah, it's you know, hard it's hard you, to yeah. keep that focus, and I get it. But I reminded of, them. Well, it's part of maturing. Yeah, the game. and I and I reminded them of that at the end of the day, and I was like, guys, there's really not much I can I can complain about. You know, it's just hey, let's get back after it. Let's keep that focus throughout the game, no matter what what the inning is. You can always get better. You're always you're out here to get reps. Uh, that's why I kept trying to you know preach them is hey you're out here to get reps you're out here to showcase your ability just stay well, fundamentally sound interestingly enough you know learning how to showcase your ability mm-hmm. is, a, is a skill yep. it really is um knowing what they're looking for i mean i tell kids all the time i mean i you know what you do and how you do it is really important you mm-hmm. know and that's and i think you guys do a good job of that And like i said i was just curious your overall thing because i think for most of us out here we look at it and we think okay what is it you know, I think most parents are in the same boat I am. So I want to rephrase. I think most parents look at it and go, but do I need to do this? Hmm. You know, um, I think you answered that question very well earlier. I mean, it is if, if, if you have a kid that can get better, can learn in this environment, he's going to he's going to get better quicker. He's going to get better with good information. He's going to have access to things that he wouldn't normally have access with. I mean, that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the end, what, what this conversation has kind of turned into is uh, the discussion of should I or shouldn't I? And I think it's quite simple. The, the answer is different for everybody. Okay, I can't tell you what to do. You ultimately have to make a decision based on your own um, situation. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into that situation. There's money, there's time, there's energy, there's effort, there's commitment level, things of that nature, right? All organizations are different. I say this all the time. Quit going to organizations and trying to change the organizations. They are who they are. So again, I'll tell you, I'll give you the example. If your son is a multi-sport athlete and there is an organization out there that that really frowns on that, don't go there and think you're going to be special and then freak out when you're not. Now, this is uh, whether or not that's right or wrong is another show, <laughs> okay? But what I'm telling you is, again, don't go somewhere where you know what the parameters are and think you're special and you're going to change them. And then be all upset when they don't. That's just silly. You're asking for trouble, and it's a waste of your time, their time, money, energy, effort. It's just silly, right? So in the end... Be honest with yourself at the beginning. Check out the organization because I'm telling you, I think at the end of the day, this conversation turned into should I or shouldn't I? And based off what you've been a part of for really kind of a short amount of time, mm-hmm. as, you, as you admittedly yeah. are learning as you go here, yeah. which is great, and your passion to learn is probably why they're so successful. Absolutely. If you're going to hire a bunch of people to work for you that are passionate about getting better at what they do, you're ahead of the curve in this game because we have way too many or- – and, again, I'm not going to call out any organizations. I'm not calling out anybody in general. I'm not even saying I know of any, but I'm telling you, I've seen them. Uh, knowing them and seeing them are two different things, and I've coached a long time. 
we got a whole bunch of them out there that don't want to don't want to hear nothing. They don't want uh, no. Uh, I'm, I'm using my my words. They don't want to hear anything if you want proper English. Okay, they don't want to hear it. They know everything. They played high school ball. They played college ball. They got a cup of coffee. <laughs> you think I don't know? You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you the number one thing. If if I had if if I started from scratch and had a young one, the number one thing I would do is research the clubs I went to, and I would find out who cares the most about the people they're putting in front of my son. And it isn't just, ooh, he played in the minor leagues. Listen, I, that's great. I, listen, that is great. They probably have a vision and a, and, a, and a knowledge that guys that haven't played there don't have. But I can promise you some of the best coaches I've ever seen do this were lucky to play in high school. It's about a passion. Now, does playing help you? I believe it does. Because I think if you've played the game, you can understand – those the parts of it that require that I, I do I believe that I'm not I don't mean that to be mean if you didn't play and you're busting your butt to be the best coach you can be that's not a dig on you I'm just saying that it's something that I think helps can you be can you have never played and be a good coach absolutely you can you can't never say never do we have a bunch of people that never played and think they can read some books and watch some videos and be great coaches and they're not of course we do on the flip side, do we have some guys that really didn't play but love the game, have followed it, have, have immersed themselves in it, have taken the time to go learn about it, have done this, done that, and, and, and for whatever reason have the ability to take what they've learned and apply it and understand it? Sure. I mean, I, to say never is crazy. Now, on the flip side, what we do have, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago, is we got a bunch of guys that have played, some at a high level, some at a low level, some at the highest level, that are awful. So again, it doesn't take a lot to research what you're doing. So, um, and research and getting better and getting smarter is what I've seen this guy sitting across from me do since the day he got affiliated with this program, the Missouri Gators, immersing himself in how they do what they do, why they do what they do. And again, I, I you hadn't told me that yet about just showing up and being a sponge and watching and learning. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me tell you, that's how I learned. You know, I was I well, I tell you what the first thing I learned was is that I was awful. Yeah. That the little <laughs> bit of baseball that I did play in college, I realized that I got by on pure athleticism because my swing was awful, my my mechanics were awful, my everything I did was I mean, not not even just that too, but like the intangibles. Like I sit here and I look I looked at these 15 and under kids this weekend and how they, you know, had fun but you know, still played the game the right way and had that, I don't know, just that it factor about a, them, their personality, personality, it factor, you know, not, not skill set. And I look back and I'm like, was I, I, I don't remember. Yeah, being, every, you know yeah, what I mean? I've coached some kids at that age that are beyond their years maturity yeah. wise. And it really freaks me out because I know I wasn't, mm -hmm. my son wasn't, mm -hmm. um, he's still, he's still getting there, you know? So yeah, I'm with you on that. That, that is a tough, that's a testament both to the club and the parents. And the kid. Let's let's give the kid some credit, right? It's I awesome. saw some incredible leadership out there. I mean, just taking boy. There's a there's uh, a, I mean, there's a there's, talent and a skill we don't talk about. There's there's a couple of them that I mean, all of them. I I, I feel like, and that, and that's what's funny about this this organization is they they are literally building leaders, and they're all because all these kids I had this weekend were maybe one or two went to the same school high school that is yeah so they're all going to be dispersed throughout all these high schools and sharing that that leadership those those leadership qualities 
that they're all learning from being together with this with this select team. I mean, one, the the guy that was the leader that I thought most mostly throughout the whole weekend, you know, after the after the tournament, we got done talking, and he came up and he's like, "Hey, thanks for coming out, coach. Thanks for thanks for everything this weekend." Shook my hand, and then I like looked up and there was another one. Then there was another one, and by the time I knew it, all thirteen of them, well, twelve of them, you know, yeah. shook my hand and set and thank thank me for you know my time out there and hanging out with them and 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 coaching them this weekend. And I'm like, wow. And and I would say probably five of them were new to the entire entire organization. I will say this as, a whole. as <laughs> I've gotten to know Joe and Chris. Joe Lopez, Chris Craddock with the mm-hmm. Gators. And I have not, unfortunately, met the other gentlemen that they're associated with as mm-hmm. the ownership of the group. Um, I look forward to it um, someday, hopefully soon. Um, I will say this. Um, it is who the kid is and becomes. Is it, it, it? Boy, it sure truly seems that it's as important to them as how good a baseball player he is. Without a doubt. Now, we all are realistic, and we're in the business of, of helping kids become better baseball players, but not at the expense of who they are. And I think, you know, and again, can you hold every organization to that? Um, I, I guess you can't, but should we? God, it seems so simple. <laughs> I, it Doesn't it? It seems, yeah. you know, instead of being a, 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 you know, something to reach for, isn't it something we should just do? But it is amazing that what I think is separating, I think that separates them from other people these days. Isn't it amazing that that separates them instead of that being the norm? So good for them. Hats off to them. Hats off to them uh, for for getting your services. I think you're going to be an asset to them just simply by your willingness to learn, your humbleness of, hey, I'm I'm learning here. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to get better. But that's, you know, you have to want to do that. If you, how do you ask the kids to do that if you can't do it yourself? That's what I've always said, right? It it it, it rubs off on them. You yeah, know, they sure they might not come off to you as like, oh, you're my idol or you're a role model for me. They might not come off that way because you have that you know personable connection with them. Like with a couple of kids this weekend, I got that connection. And but you know, I I know in the back of my head, you better do things right. You sure, know, make yeah. sure you're doing make sure you yeah. you stay in line. Well, that's and, the role. And, and like I, I do for the most part outside of even coaching, but you know, just making yeah. keeping that's it in the, the back of your head. Good you know? stuff, man. I'm glad you yeah. enjoyed it. I oh, think yeah. you're gonna be good at it. I really oh, yeah. do. I really do. Um you know, again, uh so the question is should I or shouldn't I, I guess, <laughs> at the end yeah. of the day. And I would say this if you as a family can check off all the boxes then yeah, you should. Why not? Again, why not? And again, if you can check the boxes, can we afford it without putting ourselves, without strapping ourselves? Can we dedicate ourselves to the time needed? Is our family okay with this? Can we adhere to their policies? Are we okay with how they do things? We've checked them out. You know, while we know we can't guarantee that what we've been told is accurate, on the whole, if everything goes as planned, are we okay with this and this and this? Even the negative stuff we heard, if that winds up being true, can we live with that? Can we? If you can check all the boxes, I think the answer is absolutely. So, great stuff, man. I appreciate it, Josh. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, again, uh, I, I can't say enough about them. They've, they've really stepped up here lately with my shows and, and wanting to get messages out and information, and I'm happy to do it for them. And the more they... You know, the more they want to help, the more that we'll take it. Again, uh, sending over great guys like yourself and other guys to talk baseball and 
supporting our two birds on a bat. I appreciate them. And again, for all of you out there, especially, you know, in this area, um, Missouri Gators, uh, well, actually, GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. Gators yep. GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. You, you know what's funny is I said that a few times early, and I was wrong, and I had to keep telling myself, Missouri Gators, I'm gonna, so now we're back to what I thought it was, which was mm-hmm. GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. So that's awesome. So good stuff, man. Thank you. Thanks. All right, let's um, let's hear from one of our other contributors. Um, this week, what we'll do is we'll bounce right to the rope report. Uh, theropetrainer.com, as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Let's hear what he has for us today. My man, Kurt McNabb with Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Take it away. Hey, hey, Dirtbags. I hope you all had a dirty week playing or watching that baseball. I do have to say this. That wild card concept truly has worked out perfectly for Major League Baseball. Every year, it seems that it comes right down to the wire for that last wild card spot. And I personally don't care if it's for a one game only playoff opportunity because it's actually way more than that. It's almost from the 1st of September on that we're glued to our seats watching these final spots being battled for it every single year since this was in, in, invented. A great concept. Can't imagine how, how it could work out better. Take a look at this past weekend, for example, with the Cards and the Dodgers. Not only are they battling each other presently for the second wild card spot, but they were actually playing against each other with so much on the line every single game all weekend. I love it, and I hope all of you are having a blast watching it all unfold. I can't wait to see who comes out the ultimate victor when it's all said and done. Okay, now it's time to get back and talk about this week's real report. As you all remember, last week I spoke about the fact that if you can't throw properly, you can't be a pitcher. I know you probably thought to yourself, no kidding, Kirk, but I got to tell you, you'd be surprised how many people I talk to and train every single day that have never even thought about this connection. It was amazing how many people contacted me to even let me know how much they appreciated me talking about it. So thank you to everyone who emailed and reached out to me to talk more in depth about teaching you proper throwing mechanics. This week, I want to talk about how valuable having the proper stride is to your throwing and pitching. What happens more times than not is that we end up focusing on your throwing arm only because that's what our eyes see doing the throwing. You need to understand that throwing or pitching starts from the ground up. That's right. I know you've heard it. Maybe you do it already and maybe it's just kind of in one ear out the other. But pitching and throwing start from the ground up. That's where your foundation is. And it has to make sense. That's the first thing to get moving anytime you do an action is from the ground up. So that's your foundation. And we need to get it correct so that your end result will be positive. Not only in regards to your accuracy, but to your overall arm health. So let's get your foundation right. Because if you don't, your whole mechanics are going to be broken. It's like building a house. You don't start with the roof and the walls before you build the foundation. It just simply wouldn't work. So, throwing and pitching, start from your feet up. Again, throwing and pitching, start from the feet up. I want you to work on these steps. Step one, you have to learn to feel your weight on the inside half of both of your feet in order to keep your balance. So, try this. Stand there. Nice balance, feel your weight to the inside half of your feet. You're going to feel them balancing control. Now go ahead and move your weight, shift your weight to the outside of your feet, and you're already going to feel yourself in a weak 
or an off-balance start. So that's important. Step one, every time before you start pitching or throwing, you should feel that weight on the inside part of both your feet. Now, step two, your stride foot has to go directly towards your target because your body is going to follow naturally where your foot leads. All right, which means your arm will also follow naturally because it's attached to your body. You can do that. Take a step forward, your body follows. Take a step back, your body to the side, body follows to the other side, body follows. All right, so think the same way when we're throwing. Think the same way when we're pitching. That stride foot is where it's going to lead you. All right, the rest of the body has to follow along naturally. Every time you start manipulating or changing it, that's when you're susceptible to breakdown, injuries, wear and tear. All right, step three, do not point your toes at the target. All right, don't point your toes. I see a lot of people open up that front foot, point their toes at the target. The problem with opening up your front side of your body too early will result in a loss of velocity and arm drag. All right, the arm can't catch up. It drags because your front side is opening too early. You're losing all your body power and your momentum. All right, think about keeping your heel, the heel of your stride foot in line with your target as long as you can. So keep it in line with your target as long as you can. If you can do this, it's going to keep your front side closed as long as possible and will also keep your body in line with your target, resulting in better accuracy, velocity, and arm health. Because you're now using your entire body to throw with instead of just your arm. Front side closed incorporates the whole body usage, all right, until it's time to fire. Front side opens early, arm drag, all the stress is on your arm because it's having to do the action, overload. Step four, I recommend your stride should be a minimum of six and a half shoe sizes. Six and a half of your personal shoe sizes. That's just a nice start. But if you get there, all right, and you get there consistently, all right, you're going to be using your legs properly and taking the stress off your arm. All right, your accuracy and velocity is going to increase and eventually your legs will get stronger and your arm will feel so much healthier. I guarantee it. All right. A short stride, an inconsistent stride, everything else, it just, it just, that's why we end up having so many different variations in our throwing motion. All right. Because we're always trying to play guess instead of getting a good, strong, healthy, consistent stride that allows the body to follow along naturally. Okay. So what you need to understand is that if your stride is never consistent, your final results will never be consistent. When you're inconsistent, you start to put pressure on yourself. All right. You start in your mind. You know it. When we're not throwing consistently, our mind gets overloaded. We put pressure on ourselves. All right. And then we try to do all the correction. We think it's our arm that needs to be corrected, but that's not the problem. It's simply not true. It's your stride. Get your stride right and your body and arm will follow along for the ride. Think about it that way. Get your stride right and your body or arm will follow along for the ride. Okay? Now, if you have any more questions on that, you know. Contact me, Kirk McNabb. Contact me personally. All right? 
and we'll discuss it and I'll go through it to make it make sense with you. That's my guarantee to you. All right, you know it's always there. Now, if you do have a rope trainer, you can actually use it as well while you're perfecting your stride. So now you got it both. You got the stride being perfected and you got nice arm, healthy upper body mechanics being worked on at the same time. Do everything together in order to get your reps in, dirtbags. And if you still haven't got your rope trainer yet, then I recommend you go to www.theropetrainer.com to get yours now. Don't forget, enter the code dirtbag number five, dirtbag and the number five at checkout. That way they're going to know you heard about it here on the Rope Report from Kirk McNabb, from me. All right. And remember, if you don't already follow us, I encourage you to go ahead, invite you, follow us on Instagram and Facebook by going to at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. You can find us at Dirtbag Baseball Nation on Instagram or Facebook. All right. We'd love to have you following us, staying up to date with us. You also know that you can contact me anytime by email at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. That's info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com or directly by phone at 226-821-2402. All right, to discuss all things pitching or baseball related. I'm Kirk McNabb, and I can't thank you enough for listening each and every week, Dirtbags. I believe in you. So now it's time to get your stride right by getting up, getting after it, Great stuff as always. And again, I love Kirk. I know you guys do too. Um, He's a passionate guy. You can hear the sincerity in his voice and the seriousness, which sometimes you got to have, right? So great stuff as always. And again, um, you can't have enough people like some of these great people we have on this show each week involved in your lives when it comes to baseball and learning and trying to get better. So we appreciate it. Uh, Next, of course, is another guy that you guys know how I feel about uh, the whole organization, um, what they do, how they go about what it is, what they do. Again, it's EliteBaseball.tv's training tip of the week. My good friends Justin Stone and uh, you know Travis Kerber, they do such a tremendous job. Uh, if you're not involved in it, I'm telling you, you should be. So, again, check it out. Go from there. Let's rock and roll. Take it away. So much of what we do here in the United States as coaches and then players is relying on some authoritative figure to provide information for you, spoon-feeding you. And what I feel like, you know, when you hear all the time of players from different countries, Latin America, et cetera, it's like, well, why are they so much smoother in their defensive actions? How come their actions at, the, at home plate and their styles are so unique? And the reason is that these kids just figure it out. They haven't been spoon-fed instruction from the time that they are walking let alone starting the game of baseball. So here's my advice to you. Yes, it's important to gain instruction and get information from a a source that you trust. It's going to make your kids better. But sometimes we got to let kids be kids and figure stuff out on their own. Proprioception is a huge word. And what it means is basically the mind's eye. And what that is is what is often referred to as muscle memory. It's the feel of the body. And what can't be construed in verbal terms from a coach giving information or even a cue to a player on how they feel is replicating that feel with the player. It has to come from them. And everybody's feels are a little bit different. So my advice to you as a parent or a coach is place drills in effect that allow kids to figure out things on their own, figure out their own bodies. And I got a drill specific for this, and I'll explain it to you here. 
I've used this before on people that follow me, but I really like this. I've done it with professional athletes, and it's appropriate for a seven-year-old. It's putting the tee at the lowest setting, a low tee drill. And I like to do this outside on a field. I'm putting it on the inside pitch. And what I'm asking players to do is hit the ball in the air and try to one-hop or two-hop the fence. Get it in the air to the pull side, hit it high, and hit it far. And here's what they have to do in order to do this successfully. Number one, I have to create the proper posture to attack from underneath the baseball. Especially with young athletes, posture is difficult for them. One, you have to be really strong in your core to maintain it through the entire arc of the swing. So what young players typically do is they'll land, even in that forward lean with good posture, may even start their bat descent attacking underneath the ball. But immediately they begin to stand up, and when they stand up, they cut the bat off their front hip and out of the zone. So they're snap hooking balls down into the left for a right-handed hitter. Pull side. The other thing that we often do is if I'm asking players to hit a ball one hopping or two hopping the wall, we got to hit it with power, right? It's getting power from the correct source, starting from the ground and facilitating that energy up the body in a correct sequence. So explaining a sequence to an eight-year-old isn't going to be relevant because you know, they're not going to understand kinematic turn, terms of getting energy to transfer from legs, core, shoulders, arms, and eventually through the bat like a whip but they can understand, I need to get this ball up in the air. And if they can, if they can hit this ball to the pull side, high and far, they're in a correct sequence. Because if they're not, if they try to recruit power from the top, they're going to fire from the upper body first. That's jumping the sequence. That's reversing it. I'm firing from the upper body ahead of the legs. And again, we're going to get the early pull of the front shoulder, the cast and rollover of the bat. So anytime I'm hitting the ball down into the pull side, on the ground, one of two things is typically happening. I'm not learning to attack underneath the ball by creating proper torso angles. I'm not maintaining that posture throughout the swing. Those are one and the same. And then finally, I'm not in a correct sequence from the ground up. So asking a player to figure this out, get the ball in the air, get it off the ground from the pull side, get it up in the air and hit it far to the pull side. They're figuring out how to do this with their own athleticism and their own style and get it right. And by getting it right, we're coaching them to do two very, very complex things. Swing in sequence, maintain posture. Really hard to do for any athlete, let alone a 7 to 11-year-old. So by figuring this out on themselves, they're starting creating feel, proprioception, and then at the end, without giving them coaching cues or advice, I'm going to ask them, tell me what you felt during that. Tell me what was hard. Tell me what was easy. Then we have the conversation about feel, and you're going to be surprised at the educated answers they're going to give you. And it's going to sound like you just did your own hitting lesson with an athlete with the feedback they gave you after a half hour of doing this, just like you were giving them verbal cue after verbal cue. But you know what? It came from them. It didn't come from the coach, the dad, or the authoritative source. So sometimes, guys, I know, especially if you're being paid money to give information, you feel like you've got to validate that by talking a lot. And sometimes it's best if we just sit back, be quiet, and let the athlete talk to us. Let them feel it for themselves. Until next time, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv, and I'll see you on the field. Great stuff as always, and again, I can't thank... Um I can't thank them enough, man. They do a great job. Um, you know, my 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 guys, um, you know, <laughs> Travis Kerber, if you guys ever get a chance to listen to him talk, he is, like, if 
he is so full of knowledge. Justin Stone, the conversations that they have will freak you out. I'm telling you. Check these guys out. If you ever get a chance to hear them speak, I say it all the time, make sure you do. If not, the next best thing you can do is EliteBaseball.tv. So make sure you check it out. I want to thank my guest, Josh Porter. Josh Potter. Porter. Josh Potter from. <laughs> you haven't done that in a while. Yeah, I haven't done that since <laughs> I first met. Josh Potter from. You got, you know, I know a porter. See, there's the problem. I, uh, I give lessons to a porter. Um, so anyway, uh, again, I want to thank him. And obviously, it's funny to say from the Missouri Gators, uh, for, or Gators Baseball Academy, only because. Um, he's also from Two Birds on a Bat, my yep. my stuff. But uh, you know, we'll figure out who to give the credit to. But today, uh, as a, as a member of that organization, I think you did a nice job. And again, I'm proud to hear it. that you're learning and okay. wanting to get better. I think again, you guys have all heard me say it a thousand times over. If you're going to ask me, okay, that's the key. All right, we got to get better. Pretty simple. Um, I look at. Uh, you know, I look at I look at the way things are going, and I think things are going in the right direction. I see a lot of great stuff happening. Um, if you want to learn more about some of that stuff, uh, again, youthbaseballtalk.com is where we've done the past episodes. I don't know if they're making a difference, you know, completely across the board for everybody, but I think it's helping to some degree. And again, I can't um, I can't say enough to everybody how much I appreciate all the support. But if you want to listen to, to all the episodes at youthbaseballtalk.com, you can do that. You can just, you know, go all the way down and go to the next page and the next page. It'll take you all the way back to the first episode we did. Um, at Podcast Baseball on Twitter, Youth Baseball Talk on Facebook. And again, we're part of lineupmedia.fm and couldn't do the show without them. Uh, to precisionimpact.ca, thank you for your continued support. And again, I highly encourage you to check it out. They have wonderful stuff that you guys can get at quality prices. And don't forget your discount at youth with Youth Baseball Talk in the discount area. Um, again, the Rope Trainer, theropetrainer.com. If John Smoltz is going to talk about it, I'm going to listen. Uh, give him an opportunity. And, of course, EliteBaseball.tv. For all of us here at Youth Baseball Talk, I'll see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of LightUpMedia.fm.